Hey everybody, Adam Stott here. Thanks for checking out my podcast, Business Grow Secrets. You're absolutely in the right place. This podcast is going to reveal to you all of the secrets that you've been looking to discover that are going to allow you to cure your cash flow problems, attain more clients, bring in more leads for your business, and create systems and processes that give you the growth that you want. You are going to discover the business growth secrets you have been looking for that I've used to sell over £50 million worth of products and services on social media and help clients everywhere to grow their businesses on the mark. So let's get started on the Business Growth Secrets podcast. I'm really, really excited today to have Paul C. Brunson with us, who is the uh, star of the show, uh, Celebs Go Dating, um, and also, I think, the upcoming Married at First Sight are here as well, so some great stuff coming there. But more interestingly, certainly for our audience as well, in addition to all of that, is that Paul's got a massive track record in entrepreneurship. He's an expert of relationships, and I think he's going to deliver some massive, massive value to all. So I'm really looking forward to this podcast episode. It's one I've been super excited about. So welcome, Paul. How are we doing, buddy? We good? Adam, man, I'm feeling really good. Really good. It's a pleasure <laughs> to be here. And quite honestly, I love talking about business. I love talking about relationships. I think we'll have an opportunity to talk about both. So I'm pumped. pumped. Absolutely. So obviously you're very, very well known from Celebs Go Dating and and obviously upcoming Married at First Sight. And you've done lots of TV and lots of radio and uh, media USA Today. But what some people might not know about you is about the entrepreneurship side and the fact that you've been involved in founding and exiting three businesses, as well as the fact that you've worked under billionaires and worked alongside billionaires and you've got a massive track record in business. So I wanted to kind of dig into that. Is it possible we can get a bit of story from you, Paul? a bit of your background, maybe what we haven't seen on the TV, so we can get to understand from you, you know, what your background as to before all the TV, the media, and the fame came in. Yeah, you know, I really appreciate that question because, uh, in particular, in the UK, I think you know I'm known as this like love, you know, just love and relationships <laughs> matchmaker, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's really interesting because depending on what country and city you go to. I may have a different brand, right? And the reason why I say that is, is because, so, you know, I grew up in New York, but I always wanted to be a businessman, you know, uh, you know, growing up in Queens, Jamaica, Queens, being next so close to Harlem and Brooklyn, it was a lot of just people hustling legally and illegally, if you know what I mean, right? But it was a lot of uh, entrepreneurs. And what's fascinating is, is, you know, so I grew up on hip hop. And and our Adam, you you must be a hip hop fan. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I was gonna say you must be. I catch yeah, the vibe. Absolutely right? love it. Biggie is, uh, you know, certainly from from New York. I don't know if that's your, you know, it was like one of my favorite artists. Absolutely love Biggie. <laughs> so so you know what's what's really interesting is so literally my neighborhood was Curtis Jackson, Fifty Cent came out of my neighborhood, but yeah, Biggie was close by. The whole thing was it was really interesting seeing hip hop at that time because hip hop were basically hip hop artists, rappers who wanted to be business people. They wanted to be entrepreneurs. So they were just doing the hip hop as like a side hustle so that they could launch businesses. That was really the the point. So that's what I learned at an early age was you could use media and entertainment and flip it into 
business, right? Absolutely, yeah. And, and so you fast forward, I got a good leg in business. So a lot of people don't realize I went to one of the best business schools in the world, Georgetown, right? And, awesome. and, and got my business degree there. I then left, I uh, was an investment banker for a number of years. I was an equity analyst, you know, have my CFA, my series seven brokerage license. So all of that was under my belt. I then got the best job in the world working for, at that time, he wasn't a billionaire, but it was a very wealthy Turkish family. And I managed all of their investments in the United States, right? So they're based in Turkey, did a lot of their business there, but they wanted to build assets in the United States. And I advised on that. Then from there, I started moonlighting, right? When I say moonlighting is, you know, I'm Jamaican, so you got to have at least 10 jobs. Uh, (laughs) One good job is never enough, right? So I created a nonprofit organization that provided test preparation. So we tutored kids in math and science and that kind of thing. And what was interesting is is that nonprofit grew. It became, we had about a million dollar annual, you know, revenue as a nonprofit, which is not bad as like a side hustle. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, And what ended up happening with that is that's what led me into matchmaking, believe it or not, because I had a summer camp and I was at the summer camp. So this is in the nonprofit and was checking in all the students and realized not one of these kids had two parents in their household. Wow. Right. And so it led me to start thinking about, well, what could be done to create more nuclear families? Right. Really interesting word when you say nuclear family. Just reading a book at the moment. We'll come back to that. A really interesting, you know, reading a book on that in a minute. Cool, cool. Yeah. You, you yeah. know, and, and, and so um, so I became so enthralled by that mm. that I w- went back to the UGELs, the family in Turkey, and I said, hey, you know, I think I'm going to leave and go pursue this matchmaking thing, you know? And this is also a great lesson on relationships is that I didn't burn the bridge right? I told them, and then I still spent almost another year working in the organization and so that I can leave it in the best circumstance possible, right? So presumably, you've done your business degree. You're in a really great place. Sounds like you've got an awesome opportunity working with this Turkish family and their investments. Where did you find the courage from to just go, you know what, this is what I want to do? Because I think a lot of people struggle with that. A lot of people can't follow, you know, was that just something that you were passionate about, do you think? Or was... How did that come about? Yeah. You know, th- this is interesting because this is this whole, you know, discussion on like, do you follow passion? Do you yeah. follow what? I, so he- here's, here's how I looked at it in my life and everyone's life is different. Early in my career, I was following the check. <laughs> it was about the cash, the yeah, yeah. dollar dollar bills, y'all. Like yeah. that's, that's what it was quite yeah. honestly. Yeah. And then from there, I moved to following skill. What could I do to build skill? And then from there, I moved to credibility. Yeah. What did I need to do to partner with people to give me more credibility? So therefore I look and I say, okay, I have a little bit of money. I have some skill. I have some credibility. Now I can take all of those and apply it to my passion. Lovely. Right. And that's really what it was. It was me saying, okay, I have this unique skill set. You know, because I'll never forget the moment I decided to become a matchmaker, I was sitting at a matchmaker conference. And I think, and Adam, you'll love this, is I wasn't even there to become a matchmaker. You know what I, why I was there? Uh, speaking or? 
no, 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 I, I wasn't even about, so this was when I was still working for the Turkish family, still managing the investments. Yeah. I had run the summer camp. I started to think about this idea of matchmaking. I decided to go to this conference to sell my, I wanted to license an idea that I had oh, nice. to, to a matchmaker. Oh, so I, I was not there to become a matchmaker at all. And I'm sitting in the back of this room, Adam, it's 250 of the world's top matchmakers. And I look around and I say, damn, there's nobody here that's a man. Like it's all women in the room. Was it really? Right. It's all women. And then I said, damn, there's no one here under the age of 40. Right. At the time I was under the age of 40. I was like, wow, I'm the youngest guy in here. Right. And I'm the only guy in here. And then I looked and I said, I'm the only person of color in this room. You know what I mean? So I kept looking at all of these spaces, all of these areas saying, this is what makes me different. And I think this is also a very important point is that I think a lot of us look at what makes us different and we try to minimize it. Yeah. Instead, I looked at all the places that made me different. I said, oh, wow, this will give me a unique perspective Yeah. in this industry. And be able to attract a much broader sort of client, you know, and, and actually bring people in to do something that they've not done before because it's, yeah, awesome. Yeah, absolutely. You can create new markets. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was at that conference that I, I flipped into, I don't want to just sell an idea. No. I want to actually be the idea. Yeah. And, and that's literally when I started the whole, okay, I'm going to leave working for the Turkish family. So then long story short is I launched the matchmaking business. That in itself is a, is a big story because my wife liquidated her retirement fund. You know, we doubled down on this business. And when we launched the business, we launched it as a video series to basically as our marketing campaign. Yeah. And within less than four weeks of, of launching this, this video, the Oprah Winfrey network reached out. Yeah. Cause I saw about Oprah Winfrey. Yeah. Yeah. Which was incredible. And it was validation. Yeah. Right? Massive. Yeah. Yeah. And when I say with, 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 you know, all these entrepreneurs that I mentor is that, you know, what's interesting is, is that you have an idea that you're passionate about, you launch the idea. And then so many of us just keep hitting our head against the wall, right? It's important to look for signs of validation along the way, right? Are people positively talking about your idea? Yeah. Are people reaching out to you? Blogs, podcasts, reaching yeah. out to you, right? Yeah. You know, Oprah reaching out was massive validation around the business. Yeah, absolutely. So instead of saying, okay, Oprah reached out, let me just have a TV career. I said, no, what that means is I've now reached the point that I wanted to be when I was a little boy watching those rappers. Yeah. I can now use the media side to build my business, to become a, my own entrepreneur. Yeah. And that's exactly what we did is we got a show with Oprah. And I say we, cause you know, my wife is supporting, she's a co-founder of the business. And also, you know, you said very, very quickly, but I think it's worth pointing out that opportunity didn't come without the risk, you know, because if you take out risk, you know, you take out opportunity and you said that your wife liquidated a retirement fund, you had to back yourself. And I think a lot of people, because if you, when you tell a story like this, which is, you know, you're going upwards, you're creating those results. A lot of people miss these little things in the, you know, you have to back yourself. If you know you've got the idea, you want to go and push it forward and you back yourself, that's when it's going to come. And obviously you create something of real quality. Otherwise you wouldn't have someone like Oprah Winfrey reaching out. So how did you create something of real quality? Was that 
you know, how did that, did you and your wife work on that together? Is that something that you just said, right, it has to be the best or you just poured your heart and soul into it? Was it natural? Was it learned? What happened there? Yeah. I'm not trying to gas you up. Hmm. That was a brilliant question, man. That's a brilliant question because there's a whole story behind how we connected with Oprah. And it's exactly about what you're saying. It's yeah. about quality over quantity. And let me tell you, because I think you'll love it, given that you asked yeah, that question. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah. So when I go back to the conference, right, I decided to become a matchmaker. And then I said, okay, I'm going to spend the next year basically removing myself from working for the Turkish family. Within that same year, what we also decided to do is, okay, I now need to learn the art and skill of becoming a matchmaker, right? You know, matchmaking, it's the second oldest profession in the world, right? <laughs> right behind prostitution. (laughs) (laughs) Prostitution, then matchmakers, right? So it's been around forever, but there's an actual skill and there's an art to it. So I spent a year, went back to school for social psychology, did an internship under the top, the person I consider to be the top matchmaker in the world, Rachel Greenwald, Harvard MBA, who became a matchmaker, started reading every book I could, like did everything I could. But then, and this is so important for entrepreneurs, is I created my product, right? Created my service. And what I did is I then needed to test product market fit. This is so important. The number one reason why businesses fail is because of not lack of capital, not poor team. It's because of no market need. So I decided, okay, let me test this idea that I have. And I decided to test it for free. So I decided to identify dozens and dozens of people that we, as this new company that we created, would provide the highest quality service to them for free. Now, here's what happened. I had no clue, but it turns out that one of the people that we had given this free service to was a writer for Oprah Winfrey magazine. The old magazine. And then one year later, when we decided to start now offering our services and we now launched the video, Oprah is on her plane, private jet, you know, on the PJ, (laughs) you know, and she's talking openly to everyone on the plane about how she wants to launch a new show. She's looking for a new voice and relationships. And the woman that we had provided service to who we had no idea worked for that, you know, O Magazine says, hey, have you heard of Paul Brunson? Nice. And Oprah goes to YouTube and she finds a video of me. Now, this series I launched, Adam, you could go Google this, right? Or you could go to YouTube, right? It's called The Modern Day Matchmaker. That's the video series we launched. You, and you then wrote a book similar to that, didn't you? Is that right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Now, The Modern Day Matchmaker Every week we would put out this video, we pumped in thousands of dollars. Like I was, I mean, I was doing everything I could to make sure it was the highest quality at the time, right? Yeah. It would only get like 10 views, literally. Yeah. Put out another video. You know what I love about this? I just think it's so relevant to so many people that are trying to do this. You know, the problem is, is I imagine you didn't lose heart and you kept going, you know, and you have to have this out there. But so many people, they're going to get 10 views and they're going to go, oh, it didn't quite work. Gonna, maybe they do two or three, it didn't work. But you've got that consistency and you never know. This is what I say to people. If you've got 10 views, it doesn't matter if one of those is the view that's going to be the person that's going to blow you up. Man, you're preaching right now. 
<laughs> out of those 10 views, yeah. one of them yeah. was Oprah. Nice. You know what I mean? Yeah. And what she said is she said, wow, I love your consistency. Yeah. I love your attention to detail. Yeah. I love the quality. I love what you're saying. So she looked at all of these weeks worth of videos and she said, wow, this guy is getting like no views. He's still consistently out here. Yeah. He believes what he's saying. So then I was invited into, yeah. you know, to, to the project. So that's how I got the gig, right? Yeah. It, so to your point, it's all about quality yeah. and very rarely is it about quantity. Yeah, nice. Well, I think that is a majorly inspiring story. And the reason I think that that's inspiring is because there's so many people that lose heart on this. You know, they, they do lose heart on this. And, and I, I, I always say it's about conversations, more conversations you have, more opportunities you're going to get. So that, that's awesome. And then what happened? We could go and do the show and it just blew up. It took you to a different level. What, what no, kind of happened? No, it was disastrous, man. This has been a 12 year grind. Like, yeah, it, yeah. It was disaster because what happened is, is at the time that was right when the Oprah Winfrey network launched, we were one of the first shows on the network. People couldn't even find the network. The show ended. We didn't get greenlit for another series, but yeah, I never, which is what you said earlier. Right. Exactly. I viewed myself as an entrepreneur. Yeah. I used television as a commercial. Yeah. Right. And so we continued to work on the business, work on the business, work on the business. Fast forward 10 years later, yeah. nine years, we were able to sell the business. Nice. We had built the largest matchmaking company in the United States. Wow. My wife and I then sold the business. Now, while we were doing all of the matchmaking over that nine, almost 10 years, I always did some television work, right? Yeah. Always did some TV work. Why? Because I think that TV, and not just TV, content, yeah, right? Yeah. We live, and you know this, you do this very well. We, yeah. This is what you're doing right now, right? Yeah. We live in a day and age where it's about content marketing. Yeah, That's yeah. it, content marketing. Whether it's on television, whether it's on a podcast, whether it's an IG video, whether it's writing, content is king. Yeah. And so I realized that you know, television was a, an important vehicle around content, but I couldn't just stop at TV. So that's when I started, you know, started writing. Yeah. That's when I started, you know, pushing hard on social media, right? You know, the whole idea is that, you know, you have to, if you're creating a business, it's all about no like and trust. Love it. Yeah. But, but what so many people miss is that, they don't show up on new platforms to create the no, right? So, you know, I'll talk to people all the time and they'll say, hey, I'm trying to build my brand. And I'll say, okay, what do you do? And they say, well, I'm posting every day on IG. I'm posting on LinkedIn. I'm what if you're doing what that, you like, what is it you actually do? Like, what, well, how can you help someone, right? <laughs> help someone, but also you're only showing up on your platform. You're only showing up in front of people who already know you. Yeah. So it's important that you pick new platforms where people have no idea who you are and perhaps the demographic or the avatar fits the avatar that you're going after and you show up on those platforms, you pull them to your platform. So on their platforms, you create the no on your platforms, you create the like and trust. So for me, TV is me creating no. Right. I show up. People are like, 
I've never heard of this Let's dude. Let's face it, that's the best, isn't it? That is the best, you know, and then, you know, without a doubt. Yeah. 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 Know, I did a, a TV show recently and it just blew up. You know, the amount of, uh, the amount of increased no was unbelievable. You know, the amount of people we attracted and, and, and the audience we attracted was huge. It was so, so beneficial. So, so beneficial. So it's out, you know, it, it really does sound, I think a lot of people forget this kind of journey, you know, and they don't see it because they just see you pop up on TV one day, but they don't see what's happened behind the scenes. How did that come about? So you got pulled into the UK, you know, on, on the UK TV show. How did that come around then? What, what was the story with that? Yeah, that was also a story of, you know, depending on if you believe in, you know, vision and like, do you believe in manifesting and all that? Because so after we sold the business, you know, my wife and I, we, we, we sold it for undisclosed amount, but it was a little over a million uh, in US, right? Dollars. So we had some cash, you know what I mean? And we decided that we were going to go to Jamaica for three months. Yeah. So we pulled our boys out of school. So we have uh, two sons, a seven-year-old and a 10-year-old. And we said, hey, we'll homeschool them. We're going to pull them out. And between July, August, and September, we're going to go to Jamaica, see if we like it. And if we like it, we'll just live, live out in Jamaica, right? And it just so happens that my manager got a call. You know, so every maybe two to three weeks, my manager will get a call from someone to say, hey, we'd love Paul to do a project A, B, or C, right? Yeah. Um, and so, but rarely does it pan out. Like rarely does it ever like really materialize. Am I interested? Does it really happen? Like, you know, so he got a call and said, hey, Paul, there's an opportunity out in the UK. They're looking for a, you know, a co-host, you know, in the UK. And I was like, when is it? He said, it would be, July, yeah, oh. August, <laughs> and September. Yeah, well, I think one of the things that entrepreneurs struggle with is their relationships, you know, and especially with their spouses, their other halves, whether it's a husband or a wife or a partner, girlfriend, boyfriend, you know, that they struggle with that because opportunities like this happen, right? And you know, a lot of the time. I'm a big believer in saying yes to opportunities. And of course, it looks like you said yes to this, and we'll get there in a sec, right? Because that's how you open the doors, right? Now, I've definitely found that along the way, a lot of entrepreneurs, and from what everything that I've read, it seems like you have a great relationship. You have a massive amount of um, sincerity. You know, you talk about your wife a lot, don't you? Even when you're on TV, you reference her yes. um, and your family, which is think is really, really important. I think actually that's why a lot of people are really attracted to what you do and, you know, vibe with it, right? But what happens when, how do you uh, keep the spouse happy when an opportunity comes up like that, right? Yeah. <laughs> Man, that's a major question. And that's why it's yeah. so important to know what you value most in life, mm. right? So let me even go back to the Oprah story real quick. That's the moment that solidified that I need to follow my values because I didn't. When I got the Oprah Winfrey deal, it was a TV show that shot in a different state than we were yeah. living in. We just had our first son. Yeah. So literally we have our first son and then three months later, I have to now leave for t almost two months and move to another state. And the, the, the shooting schedule was so tight that we would not see each other for two months. So here I am. In my mind, I think I value family. I always tell everybody, yeah, I value, I value family and religion. This is what I, I'm telling myself. 
Yeah. But then I pick up and I basically move to another state after my wife has just given birth to our first child, right? And literally when she dropped me off at the airport, I just started crying. It hit me in that moment that I was not living my values. And what's the point of living unless you are living your values? That's what gives you high self-esteem and high self-love. That's what makes you think that you're making the right decisions versus the wrong decisions. It's all about your values, knowing your values, and then making sure that you are feeding them, right? So it was the best and the worst of times shooting that show because I was away. I felt guilty. It was terrible. So at the end of that project, the moment that my wife and she comes in, you know, with our, with our boy, with our, our son Kingston, the moment that I saw them, we agreed that we would never be apart for longer than 10 days. Nice. Right. We said that no matter what opportunities come up, yeah. if it is 10 days or longer, we go together or we say no. Yeah. Right. Now that takes a lot of sacrifice because you have to think, how do you create a family structure that allows you to do that? That's one of the reasons why we pulled our boys out of school to homeschool them, yeah. which a lot of people said, you're crazy. Like I've spent my life, Adam, literally the last 15 years of my life have been people calling me crazy. And it's just now in the last maybe four years that people say I'm brilliant. Yeah. First 15, you're crazy. Paul, you're what? You're going to quit investment banking and go work for a, a Turkish family? You're crazy. What? You're going to quit working for the Turkish family? And you're going to become a matchmaker? You're crazy. What? You're going to double down on your business instead of your, your yeah. TV career? You're crazy. What? You're like, you're going to move they your boys out. You know, first they laugh at you, then they mock you, then they ridicule you. Then they think, what's going on here? This seems to start kind of working. Then they accept you. Then they admire you, finally. <laughs> like, it, it, like, literally, I've been through all those emotions, man. Yeah. You know? And so, long story short, it's like when the job, when the opportunity came to come to the UK, it wasn't even a discussion. We just knew we go together. Yeah. That was it. And you breezed into it. Like, I remember watching it. You know, as I said, I'd, I'd uh, seen the show because I know Gemma well, I know James, I know a couple of other people. Funnily enough, I know Dan, who was on the show dating Gemma. So oh, I actually no. know a lot of these people. Like, I know Dan. He's crazy, right? But you kind of breezed into that show in a very smooth way, right? I think anyone would recognize that. But I think that's the journey, isn't it? I think that's the journey. And that's what I think a lot of people forget, don't they, is, you know, the, the business degree, the working hard, the building a business, the maybe doing the Oprah bit that didn't quite work out, right? You know, it was not the way you wanted it to. And all those things preparing you for this opportunity. And you did take it very much in your stride, didn't you? You came and added value, I think, to that show. Now, I think anyone would agree with that. When you came in, you actually added a lot of value and you seem to understand relationships at a different level to what I think was on it before. Mm. And I think that's probably what's made it really popular, isn't it? And the way you've actually dealt with the big personalities has been very good. You yeah. know, how's that been for you? No, no, <laughs> that's much respect. I mean, one, one thing also that I'm, I'm learning in life is to take a moment and appreciate when someone is appreciating something about, you know, what you do. And so I appreciate, I truly do appreciate that. When I came into Celebs Go Dating, I made sure that I never watched a previous episode. Nice. The same thing actually with Married at First Sight. 
Like they were, everyone was saying, watch Married at First Sight Australia or watch it. Well, the Australia one I watched, it was good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I'm going to definitely watch it because I think you'd be brilliant on it and I think it'd be really, really good. Oh, know? yeah. No, no. I, I, My I'm, PR agent actually said, uh, <laughs> I'm PR at the time, said, Adam, do you want to go on that? And I went, <laughs> Adam, actually, you'd be brilliant on it, man. You you would. We should talk about next series. We should talk about next series. Um, oh, God. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm, I'm on the casting, too. So we should talk. <laughs> like, for real, for real. We should talk about it. Um, but I don't watch it, not out of any level of disrespect. It's because... I want to bring something new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. bring your own version. Exactly. And so I had never watched it, right? So when I came in, because I have no clue of what it's supposed to be, I can now create what I am in it. You know what I mean? And and the funniest, well, I think you'll find this funny is, so we get into the show and, you know, unfortunately my co-host had to leave during that first season. So I had to finish out I did half the series by myself hosting. Really? Yeah. yeah. And I'll never forget the end of the series because we, we go away every week, all the celebs like to some Island or whatever, and we're in the airport and we're all sitting there. So it's a bunch of these celebs. And I was like, man, that was, that was a wild experience. I won't name the two because I love them to death, but I won't name them. But then two of them were like, yeah, I can't wait to do blah, 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 blah. And then I said, wait, hold on for a second. Like, this wasn't like this intense experience for you? Because for me, like, it was crazy. And they literally looked at me and they said, Paul, you mean you weren't acting? (laughs) And I said, no, I wasn't acting. (laughs) I said, were you, were you acting? And they said, a little bit sometimes, you know, I was, and I said, oh my God, I had no clue. I was like, I had no clue. I was like, no, I wasn't acting. Everything uh-huh. I was saying was like from my heart. Like I was really trying to be in there helping you. You know what I mean? And and that was the moment where it hit that I realized that line between reality structured, where there's yeah. there's some real, there's some kind of you know scripted fun. Do you hear that though? Do you you know from the celebs go dating stuff that I've watched? Most come in with a serious hat on, do they? You know, would you say so? Or or. <laughs> Yes, but also this is where I think Anna uh, Williamson has done an incredible job. This is where I think I've been able to add some value is that by the time I then came into the next series, mm. one thing that we made clear is that the agency is there's we don't act in the agency. Yeah. It's real. So yeah. come with your truth. Because yeah, and I think you did that, like on the one I, w- I watched recently with Curtis, for example. You know, yeah. you sort of called him out, didn't you? And not in a bad way, but you just like, you know, ain't here to play, right? <laughs> exactly. And Cur- Curtis is my little bro. I love Curtis. Yeah. Like, like literally love that dude. Mm. And the whole idea is, and this is where I would get sometimes, you know, frustrated with some of the celebs because I would say, when Anna and I show up in this agency, we, cause we do this in real life, right? Yeah. So we do the same preparation that we would do in real life. We come, we do research on your attachment, on your yeah. psychology. And so when we come in, it's not a game. Yeah. You know, we could laugh, but yeah. we're actually here to help you. And there's a moment that every celebrity, every celebrity has. Sometimes it's 
the first day they come in. Unfortunately for some, it's when they're leaving where they realize, wow, these two are not playing. They're actually here to support me, you know? And to that point, we are in touch. I will say I'm in touch with not every celeb, but nearly every, 85% of the celebrities who will still from four series ago message me and say, Paul, what do you think about this? Or, you know, I'm going through this. That's you- what a mentor, you know, a proper coach is more than just a, it's a relationship that goes on, isn't it? Because you care about the results, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And you do care about the results, even if they're not working with you or, you know, you still want to see that person succeed because you spend that time with them, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's really, really important. Really, really interesting. You know, when you go, you get some people come in, they have to be in that place where they actually want that in result. Like they have to be in a position where they are coachable, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you get, that, do you get to choose someone that is coachable? Or do you get presented with someone that's like, you know, they're there because they want to be on TV or they want this for their career or they're there because actually they've got a problem with their relationships? You know, as I said, you, I was reading, uh, you mentioned a nuclear family. I've been reading this really interesting book, funnily enough, called The Truth by Neil Strauss. I don't know if you've oh, ever read yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, don't know. I actually know Neil. Oh, um, do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he wrote the game. Yeah, yeah, the brilliant book. I read the game many years ago, brilliant, brilliant book. But actually, this new book of his, and I really enjoy his writing because I've actually read the Jenna Jameson book that he wrote. I don't know if you've read that. No, I haven't. That is an amazing book. Like, So I really enjoy his writing. I was reading about this, and it was really interesting because he went into rehab for relationships, right? That's what, like, literally, because the game had messed him up so much that the follow-up was like, He's gone into rehab because he can't have a normal relationship. And they talk about like a love avoidant and a love addict, right? And they say, obviously, the love avoidant is someone that's avoiding it. They don't really want it. You know, they haven't like consciously understood. Did you get a lot of that where people are just not wanting to do that at that stage, you know? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, when when it comes to TV, you have a myriad of motivations. And I think that it's like, it's intellectually dishonest to think anyone shows up on TV unaware that they're on TV and there's a platform that comes with it. Yeah, of course. So even having said that, do you feel the mastery of it, which I think is an interesting question, is to show up and be yourself as much as you possibly can? Yeah, absolutely. Currently, I'm, you know, shooting this Married at First Sight, which right now I'll go on the record for this. I think it's going to be one of the biggest shows ever to hit the UK. It's it's so explosive. The content is so raw. It's so raw. And I was actually talking to my wife about this, about what makes it such like good television. It's because of what you just said. The cast is aware that they're on a television show, but this is their first time, all of their first time being on TV. Yeah. So when you get someone who it's their first time being on TV, they actually very quickly forget that cameras are around them. They forget that they're, they have a mic on. They forget that there's a whole production. They quickly forget that, especially when you have heightened pressure of you're married to a stranger, like all that, right? And so what ends up happening with this show is you see their true personality to the point where when everyone comes in, they go through various psychological studies. And in the psychological studies, we'll know, okay, are you exploitive? Are you manipulative? Are you narcissistic? Like we know all of these things, right? Yeah. And Adam, I'm telling you, 
it all plays out like clockwork. You see the person who is tested for being manipulative, you know, you'll, and a leader, they'll show up and they'll start manipulating and trying to lead the pack. Like it just yeah. happens, but it happens because they are allowing themselves to be their authentic selves. Nice. I absolutely can't wait to see it. It's going to be amazing. We've been chatting for an hour and 10 minutes, Paul. I think oh, well, we're, we're, I don't know. It's like, <laughs> I've really enjoyed the conversation so much. And, you know, I think that I, one last question I'd love to get over to you, Paul, is just what tip would you give for a business owner for going out and building better relationships? Or how do they take out the short-term view? And look at the long-term view because the value I feel in relationships is is through the longer term. So sometimes you do saying in the minute, and a lot of people are looking for a transactional relationship yeah. where it's you give, I, I get, you know, or I take, you give, whatever. Where really, you know, for me, what I would like, and I, I think to get your expert opinion because that's what you are in this area is the expert you know that's my perception i don't know whether you'd agree with my perception but the way i always try to look at a relationship in business is from a long-term view like how do i build something that in the long term i might not get anything in the moment it might not you know but what happens in the long term is where the value is i feel so what would you say what's your opinion on how people can build better relationships in business yeah i I absolutely agree with you that it is about the long-term people we are too transactional But thinking about that framework, I say, look at it like a bank account with interest. That's really what it is, a bank account with interest. When you are adding value to someone, which means you're helping that person get closer to their goal. Maybe you're coaching them. Maybe you're posted a video that just gives them insight. Whatever it is, you're helping people get closer to their goal. What you do is you're actually placing a deposit. You're putting a deposit into that account. And as you continue to put deposits into that account, not only do your deposits add up, but then you start to get interest. Nice. So therefore, and the key is not necessarily to start making withdrawals all the time, no. The key is that you wanna make as many deposits as possible, as consistently as possible. And what you'll notice is that as you mature in your career, like, so where I am, I still feel like, you know, I'm young in the game, but, I'm a little bit more mature. I'm 15 years basically into my career. I was thinking about this the other day. Do you know that 100% of my business that I transact, whether it be speaking, whether it be launching a new company, advising, getting on TV, it all comes from my relationships. It's all my relationships. I spend all day on Zooms and, and phone calls. It's all relationships. Some I'm cashing in from five years ago, from 10 years ago. Others, I'm now making massive deposits in because I know it's a long-term game. And in 15 years, I can need it. Or better yet, maybe in 15 years or 20 years, maybe I can, I never make that withdrawal. Maybe that withdrawal comes to my son. Us. You know what I mean? Maybe it comes to my grandkids who are not even here yet. So I'm completely with you. It's about, it's it's long-term, looking at it long-term, but I say, look at it like a bank account and you are adding interest along the way. Beautiful, beautiful way to, uh, you know, to sum it up and, you know, without a shadow of a doubt. I think this is one of the best podcast interviews I've done, Paul. I think it's going to be great. People are going to love it. So big thank you. There's massive amounts of value in, in here for everyone. If you haven't already subscribed, you know, go and subscribe to the podcast. Hit us up for a five-star review. And a big thank you to Paul. You've been amazing. Hi, everybody. Adam here. 
and I hope you loved today's episode. Hope you thought it was fabulous. And if you did, I'd like to ask you a small favor. Could you jump over and go and give the podcast a review? Of course, I'll be super grateful if that is a five-star review. We're putting our all into this podcast for you, delivering you the content, giving you the secrets. And if you've enjoyed it, please go and give us a review and talk about what your favorite episode is perhaps. Every single month, I select someone from that review list to come to one of my exclusive Academy days and have lunch with me on the day, meeting hundreds of my clients. So if you want that to be you, then you're going to be in with a shout if you go and give us a review on iTunes. Please, of course, do remember to subscribe so you can get all the up-to-date episodes. Peace and love, and I'll see you very, very soon. Thank you.